All right, let's pray and have a look at that together. Father, we do thank you for uh, these words of yours, and we thank you for your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ, and help us to understand him better this morning. In his name we pray. Amen. Uh, A woman uh, was working um, by the name of Robin Folsom, was working as Director of External Affairs for a, a state in America, and she announced to her um, employers in 2020 that she, in October 2020, that she needed maternity leave very soon because she was pregnant. It had become a bit obvious she had a baby bump going on. And so her large salary that she was earning uh, was then bestowed upon her for a number of months in the form of maternity leave. She took a large sum of money and off she went. Um, but as she announced that she was going on maternity leave, a couple of her fellow workers were a bit suspicious about it. And they said to the boss, are you sure that she's actually pregnant? And the boss said, that's ridiculous. Of course she is. And then she started sending photos of her baby to her co-workers. And it turned out that in some of the photos, her baby appeared to have different skin tones, uh, to which she said, this is the lighting, but it did then appear that the baby looked slightly different as well. And they investigated this a little bit, and they found out that there were no official records of her giving birth. Now, that doesn't mean she didn't have a baby. Um, But further, they found that Three months prior to her claiming maternity leave with their company, she had claimed maternity leave with another company. And as it turns out, she had a baby bump that she'd been strapping on and claiming maternity leave in a few different places. She'd get a job, claim maternity leave, get a new job and uh, claim it again. Uh, She now faces 10 years in jail or more and $103,000 in fines for her misdemeanors. Um, But, you you know, you think you know someone and then it turns out that they're not even... The person you're working with is faking pregnancy in order to receive maternity leave. Um, And it makes you wonder, doesn't it, the whole question of who am I? We just had um, Chris talking about it with Biscuit and they were talking about who, how do they know who each other are. And I wonder, who are we? How do we know who we are? Because um, I think we often struggle with our identity. I think if I asked you, you'd be able to tell me some things about yourself, but I wonder what is it that defines who you are? What is it that gives you your identity? What's the identity marker that you have? Because um, that lady, people mistakenly thought she was pregnant. She set out to defraud people. That may not be a true case of mistaken identity, but I think we live in a world that is confused and we have mistaken identity. Um, and, and we look to define ourselves by any number of things that we say or think or do. Some people will say that if I can just have the perfect family or the perfect children, um, or not even perfect, that I can actually define myself by who my family is. So who am I? Well, you're this kind of person because of this is your family, and you're, these are your um, children, this is what they're like. Others define themselves by some sort of organization, maybe a sporting team. Um, I actually think this is a photo of fans who are invading the practice of their team and bashing up the players. So it may not be the greatest photo, but they are are, are rabid fans. They define themselves as fans of this team. Um, Others might define themselves by their job, um, or or maybe it's by their skills and talents, or that sort of thing as well. But deep down we know that these things are, are simply characteristics or hobbies or things that we enjoy, and they cannot truly define who we are. They're things about us, but they aren't core to our being. And so we say, well, what do others say about me? Maybe others can tell me who I am. But others look at us and they say all sorts of things. They, they say that this is you and they put all manner of things on you. Um, the way they see you can differ greatly to the way that you see yourself. Um, or it can be similar, as in this case. There's quite a few similarities there as well. But the problem with defining yourself by what others say about you is that maybe it's a good thing because if someone is, um, is, sees me like in a certain fashion, that might be good. But what if they don't see you well? Does that make you the bad thing they see? 
And then others say, well, it's what others do for me then. It's what they do for me that determines who I am. Because if I'm a good person, they'll do good things for me. But they may not necessarily. And you then are stuck living up to the assumptions of others. And I really think that how we see ourselves and how others see us, it can't actually define who we are. People can say it does, but it can never truly do that. Because here's the thing, people get it wrong all the time. Um, and I think we all acknowledged that at the start, didn't we? There was a cross here and Chris said, come and put something on it if you want to. Um, and I think most people here got up and put something on there because we all know we don't get it right all the time, right? But then how do we define ourselves? And I wonder, how do we think God sees us? Because perhaps how God sees us should be something more defining. It's an objective lens to look through, isn't it? Because God looks at us and says, this is how I see you. And once we understand how God sees us we can then, and, and what he does for us, we can then understand maybe who we are. Now, we had this reading from Isaiah 53 just now. I think it was, it's about Jesus, if you didn't pick that up. Um, and there's a few verses in there that describe him. Um, verses 2 and 3, he wasn't well regarded by people. Um, he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no formal majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Um, so the view of Jesus was not crash hot, was it? People did not regard him well. But that doesn't define who he is, does it? And what does he do for us? Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. You see what he does? He comes in not seen well by others and yet takes upon himself all that we rightly deserve. And that's what we're doing here today. Good Friday, we remember that historic day when Jesus hung on the cross. And he takes upon himself all the failings that we have, all our weaknesses, our rebellion from God, against God. All these things, Jesus takes upon himself, all the consequences of those. And verse 6 sums it up. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Iniquity is sin, right? Um, God offers us forgiveness in Jesus because we are like sheep who've gone astray. Now, has anyone ever had a pet sheep? No? Anyone ever visited a farm? Yeah? Were there sheep on the farm? Yeah, and what do they do? Not much. Yeah, anyone else got an experience with sheep they want to share? They lie. Oh, they run. I thought you said they lie. I'm like, well, that's, we are like those sheep, but maybe not the actual sheep. Maybe they do. I don't know. I don't speak sheepish. Um, they stay together. They do. They just follow everyone. They wander aimlessly. They cross the road and they don't know how. All right? They're sheep. They wander aimlessly. They turn around and look back because they're lost. Okay? Um, they go into all the wrong places and they get themselves into all manner of danger. And oh, I thought there's another one. Really? Oh, this is twice. Is that right? There you go. Oh. Anyway, I have another picture of sheep being lost. But they do. They get themselves in trouble, don't they? That's what sheep do. Um, and these words in this passage that we just looked at here in Isaiah, here's the staggering thing for me. They're written 700-ish years before Jesus comes along, all right? Some 700 years beforehand. That's a very long time. Here's a map. You can get lost in detail here. But essentially, oh, 
point doesn't work. You see where it says Isaiah in bold and 1 AD, Jesus over there. Okay, 700 years beforehand-ish. Uh, it's a long time beforehand. God's got this message. He's got a plan to save, a plan to save each of us. He cares for you, for who you are. And he wants to rescue you because you're like a wandering sheep stuck on a boulder, about to fall off. And he's got a plan to bring you into his eternal kingdom. And that plan God puts into play over centuries. And so here's our takeaway for today. The takeaway is this. It actually matters what God thinks of us. That does matter because that does define us. Because if God can put this plan into place over hundreds of years, beyond the lifespan of any mortal, like over millennia, in fact, it's a longer plan than just a few 700 years, it does matter what he's done for us. And that is something that helps us begin to understand who we are. We are who we are as defined by God who saves us. I um, saw this letter that was written to a magazine about someone's subscription. They said, Dear Sir, when I subscribed a year ago, you stated that if I was not satisfied at the end of the year, I could have my money back. Well, I would like to have it back. On second thought, to save you the trouble, you may apply it to my next year's subscription. Is that a confused person? Yes. If you don't understand why, um, uh, the, the, the reason is that they don't want the magazine, and yet they want to keep going with it. That's what they're saying, right? Very confused. That's our world. Who am I? I don't know who I am, but I'll be defined by someone else. No, I don't want them to. I'll define myself. No, I don't want to. Someone else can. And it goes round and round in circles. It's like the daisy picking. Who am I? I don't know. Who am I? I don't know. It's a different thing. We, have, we live in a world that needs to know who it, who, a world of people who need to know who they are. And God has that answer for us in Jesus. A world that needs to know God sends his son. And a world that needs healing, God sends his son to bring that healing. Only in him can we find out who we are. We're here on Good Friday and we need to remind ourselves we are saved by the precious blood of Jesus. And we find identity because of what he's done for us. He offers himself for our sake. And so we are now who we are as determined by God and what he has done for us. God's people, chosen and precious in his sight. Let me pray for us. Lord, we know that we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us wandered to his own way. And yet you have laid upon Jesus the iniquity of us all. And we are so thankful, Lord, that we can now be defined as your people. Help us keep seeking to find our identity, not in the things around us, but in what you've done for us. In Jesus' name. Amen.